0: ladies. Welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. In today's episode, we continue through our Respectable Sins Bible study, actually nearing the end of it. It's hard to believe, but here we are uh, wrapping up 2022. And this has been such a good study for me personally. And I've heard just time and time again from you listeners about how God has used this Bible study in your own lives. And I'm so thankful for that. That is direct answer to my prayers for me personally and for you through this podcast. So today... We come to the respectable sin of sins of the tongue. And, you know, initially when I came to this, I kind of wrestled. I'm like, why are people always harping on women and their tongues? And then just through studying, through asking God to kind of show me what he wanted to teach me here, you know, it's such a stereotypical thing, I think, that we're always like, oh, women can't control their tongues. Women always talk a lot or, um, you know, gossip. When we think of sins of the tongue, we tend to think of gossip and usually That is one that is more directed and aimed at women um, when it's being talked about. Um, But I was like, okay, Lord, your word has a lot to say about our tongues and not even exclusively how just women use their tongue, how... Mankind uses the tongue in general, but God's word does have a lot to say about how women use their tongues. And in wanting to be Christ-like in everything and asking God to order my steps and to not let any iniquity have dominion in my life, this is one that we have to address. So before we jump in, um, I was reading another book recently, and she was talking about choosing to speak wisely. And she gives a couple different like little sayings that have been passed down uh, through history, through Af- actually different like cultures and peoples. Um, and, and they were just kind of humorous. So I'll read these here. So this is from the English. It says, "Women's tongues are like lambs' tails; they are never still." Um, this one is Jutlandic says, the North Sea will sooner be found wanting in water than a woman at a loss for words. This one is Maori. It says, the woman with active hands and feet marry her. But the woman with overactive mouth leave well alone. The Scottish, nothing is so unnatural as a talkative man or a quiet woman. And in Japanese, there's one that says, where there are women and geese, there is noise. Um... (laughs) Again, we tend to bristle and be like, we don't like to think of ourselves as chatterboxes. Um, but, you know, we women, I think we're very relational people. Um, we like community. We like friends. And, and not that men don't. I mean, my husband has friends, but he kind of has those like few intimate friends. And they don't have to chat all the time. Like, he's fine with that. But me, like you know i just want to get together over a cup of tea and like you know catch up on everything with my friends um and i just think it's it's a good call to as we come to this point in this study and to this episode to challenge us to be very careful to remember the power of the tongue and we're going to look at some scripture here in a minute but did you realize that it is estimated and averaged that men and women included. So this is an average for people in general speak about 16,000 words per day. 16,000 words. Now that's an average. So some people speak less, some people speak way more, but that's a lot. That means that if you fill the book, you could fill about a 500 page book in a day. In the words that you say. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking out of that 1600 that I say, how many of those words were life-giving? How many of those words were gospel-centric? How many of those words edified others and glorified Christ? Or how many of those words tore down, um, you know, I gave a a negative light and an unchrist-like um spirit in in how i speak or you know maybe how many of those words were just idle words they had no point in being said not that we have to sit around and like perfectly craft everything that we say but but david prays set a watch o lord before my mouth keep the door of my lips we need to pray that because our tongue is a very powerful um thing james talks about you know it's a little member but it it has such power To, to, for good or for bad, for destruction. We need to be aware of that, and we need to pray to for the Lord to set a watch before our tongues. You know, I've shared on the podcast before that there are certain scripture verses that I try to pray in the morning. They, they're right by my mirror. I've taped them onto the wall, so that when I wake up, I say, "Okay, these are some things that I maybe I'm struggling with, or that I know that I need to pray over my day before it even gets started." And one of those is for God to set a watch over my mouth, because if I don't have that filter, if I don't have have that reminder that everything that I say needs to be filtered by, is this glorifying and pleasing to the Lord? Then my tongue is just prone to wander, prone to just say things that it shouldn't. And we just need to be reminded of the power of the tongue. I want to give several different scripture verses here, just talking about, um, maybe a positive, uh aspect of the tongue and the negative aspects, but this is what God's word has to say about our tongue. Proverbs 10:31: "The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out." Proverbs 15:2: "The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness." proverbs twenty five eleven a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver proverbs fifteen twenty three a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season how good is it? Proverbs 10.32 The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. Proverbs 16.24 Pleasant words are as in honeycombs, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Proverbs 31.26 She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Proverbs 15 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Matthew 12 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Proverbs 15 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Proverbs 12.18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. James three verse eight says, "But the tongue can no man tame; it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison." James three talks a lot about the tongue and the power that the tongue has, and then it goes on to to speak on how we are to allow the Holy Spirit to control our mouth, to control what we say. I mentioned that verse earlier. Psalms one forty one three said, "A watch, O Lord, before my mouth; keep the door of my lips." You know, it is uh, Proverbs four twenty three. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And there's another verse, I believe it's in Proverbs. This is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know, what is in our heart is going to come out of our mouth. So if we hear something come out of our mouth and we're like, whoa, where did that come from? That is not pleasing to the Lord. That is not becoming um, this, this virtuous woman. We read that verse in Proverbs 31, 26. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. If we open our mouth and it is not wisdom but foolishness, it is not kindness but hurtful things, then there's not just a problem with our mouths and with our words. There's a problem with our heart and we We need to address the heart issue. We need to address it by what Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How can we have a heart change? How can we have a transformed heart? It is in direct correlation with our investment into God's word, into having our minds be renewed by this filling of God's word. This is how God instructs us to renew our minds. We have to fill our thinking. Fill our hearts with his word and his truth. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Ladies, if we are thinking on these things... That is what's going to come out of our mouth. Our mouth is kind of like an overflow of what is in our heart. And may that overflow be something that is, is glorifying to our Savior. A lot of those verses that we read came from the book of Proverbs and the book of Proverbs alone contains about 60 warnings regarding the tongue that we must be so careful. And in Matthew, we read a, um, a passage, Matthew twelve thirty six. Jesus says that we are going to give an account for every careless word that we speak. And when we think of the respectable sin of, of our tongues, this is what this one's called, sins of the tongue. There are so many, um, you know, we mentioned gossip. Um, there's lying and lying might not be an outright, you know, complete uh, opposite of the truth, but there's what <laughs> respectable sins, what we've called little white lies or, you know, what's a half truth or well, it's, you know, it's almost the truth. No, God says there's no gray. There is black and white. And if it's a lie, it's a lie. So lying is something that we struggle with. Slander, uh, critical speech, even when it might be true. We need to be careful to not allow our our mouths to have these critical um, words, to have harsh words, insult, sarcasm, ridicule, um, complaining, whining. Uh, We just, we have to be so careful about how we use such a powerful member of our body. Ephesians 4 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Edifying means encouraging building up one another. And I think, you know, we all probably have a story of where someone's speech edified us and encouraged us. And it could possibly have even changed the course of our life. And then we have those examples of how someone's speech did the exact opposite of edification. It 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 uh, broke down, it destroyed, it it hurt us. A direct impact on, on in a negative way directing the course of our life. But here he says, no corrupt communication, none whatsoever. Do not let it proceed out of my mouth. Only things that are good to the use of edifying. So let's talk about a few of these things. Um, gossip. Gossip is the spreading of unfavorable information about someone else, even if that information is true. These are some things I'm taking from the book. Respect sins by Jerry Bridges. He says, indulging in gossip seems to feed our sinful ego, especially when the information we're passing along is negative. It makes us feel self-righteous by comparison. Then slander. Slander is making a false statement or misrepresentation about another person that defames or damages another person's reputation. The motive behind slander is often to gain an advantage in some way over another person. We are apt to lie by exaggeration, by a failure to tell the whole truth, or by indulging in what we call a little white lie, a lie that we think is of no consequence. He goes on to talk about critical speech. Critical speech is negative comments about someone that may actually be true, but that just doesn't need to be said. When we talk, we need to think, is this helpful? Is this kind? Is it needful? So much of of what we say, so much of the information that we often share isn't needful. It it doesn't need it to be shared. Um, it doesn't help anything. And ladies, I I think, um, another area that we tend to, um, allow our pride and self-righteousness to creep in is like, well, I'm just sharing it as a prayer request. You know, so-and-so, well, you know, I heard that, you know, she's thinking about leaving her husband and blah, 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 and all this, but, but we just need to pray for them. I'm just, it's just between us. We're sharing it as a prayer request. Now, don't think that I'm speaking at you. I've been there and done that. And I've had this pious, like, oh, I'm not gossiping. I'm not slandering. I'm not having a critical spirit. We're just, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get more information from our friend to see if they know, have any more insights on this than us so that we can pray more intelligently. Ladies, let's not um, let's not be pharisaical. Let's not um, allow this, these sins to be painted in a religious light so that we deem them as respectable. No sin is said, no corrupt communication, none whatsoever. We need to set this guard before our mouth. The author uh, says in his book, we not only sin in our speech about one another, but we also sin when talking to one another. This sinful speech includes harsh words, sarcasm, insults, ridicule. Um, This is just something that we, we have to be so careful of. I think especially, we've talked about this before on the podcast again too, but within the walls of our home. You know, when we're out and about with our friends, with our girlfriends, with our church family, with the people that we work with, um, we usually tend to put our best foot forward. You know, um, we just, we want to be liked and accepted. And so we tend to show the best of ourselves. But then when we get home, it's like that, you know, exterior comes off and the interior again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And with our husband, with our children, with our grandchildren, with those that people that live with us inside the walls of our home, we tend to be so quick to be complaining and condemning and harsh and and critical in our speech um, and and discouraging. And we've got to be careful if anyone should receive words of edification from our mouths. It should be those that God has given us to steward, a marriage that God has given us to steward, children that God has given us to steward, realizing the importance that our words hold in building up and encouraging and having a part of God's work through our tongues and not allowing Satan to to wield the weapon of our tongue for his purposes it's just something that we have to be so so careful about Psalm nineteen fourteen says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. David prayed this. David was not just concerned about the words that came out of his mouth, but he was concerned also about the heart behind it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. He realized that there is a connection between those two things. If I have a problem with my words, it's a heart problem. If I have a problem with my heart, it's going to come out in my words. So he says, God, let the words of my heart, the medita, or the words of my mouth, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And this is not something that we can do in and of our own selves. If you've been following along on the Titus podcast, um, we talked about sober. How sober is not the idea of a of a self control. Even in um, the fruits of the spirit, you know, sometimes we see temperance listed as self control. This isn't a self control over my tongue. This is a Holy Spirit control. I don't have the power in and of myself to to properly wield the power that my tongue has for righteousness, for instruction in righteousness, for edification. I can't do that on my own. I might be able to fake it for a while, but I don't have that ability in and of myself. But with the Holy Spirit's power within me, I can use my tongue to glorify Christ, to encourage other people, to share the gospel with people who are lost. And we need to ask the Lord to show us, illuminate, if there is an area of speech um, where where we're struggling, where we are not uh, becoming the gospel, where we are not exemplifying Christ's likeness, and we need to ask Him to help us to, to change, to have a transformation of the heart, of the thinking. Wash your mind, wash your heart in the word of God, and then see what spells out. I hope it's, I hope it's the words of Christ. And if you're wondering, you know, is this something that I'm struggling with? Because sometimes we don't think so much about our words. I mean, come on, lady, 16,000 words a day. Can you give account for every 16,000 of those words? I can't. Um, So if you're you're wondering, like, am I struggling with this? In what aspect am I struggling with this? Maybe just ask the Lord the next time that you're interacting with your family or the next time you're out with your girlfriends. um, Just... Don't just speak, but stop and listen. Listen to yourself. Listen to the flow of conversation. Is what you are talking about is Christ in the midst of that? Is it centered around Christ? Not that I I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a mom of little kids. Every conversation that we have is not gonna be about God. Um, Some of our conversations are about picking your dirty laundry up off the floor. Some of our conversations are, you know, hey, mommy, hurry and come help me get off the potty. (laughs) But I think you understand what I'm saying is that our, our speech and the way that we interact with others should be in a Christ-like way. And I think if we pray, God, make my speech Christ-centric, we will find that there are actually a lot more areas of our day that we can bring God into than what we give him credit for. It doesn't have to just be family devotional time or prayer time or church, but God can come into all of that. So when you're out with the girlfriends... And you know conversation starts coming up about you know Sally or Mary or Jane, and you know, oh my goodness, did you hear um be brave enough, be courageous enough, be in love with Christ enough to stop it in its tracks and to redirect and and you don't have to cause a scene. God in that moment. God, this this conversation's going direction that I don't want to go or I'm tempted to add in. I I want to I mean, so let's let's just be honest, lady. Sometimes we just want to wallow in the slander. We just want to wallow in the gossip. Um but but asking the Lord, Holy Spirit within me, give me power and strength that I do not have in and of my weak self and help me to kindly redirect this conversation. You know, hey, maybe you just say, you know what, let's just stop right now and let's pray for Jane. And, and we don't have to add any more prayer requests. We all understand that something's going on with Jane. We don't have to talk about it, but let's just stop and let's pray for her. And, and you know, in your prayer, then ask the Lord to, to help each one of you listening and speaking to remember her in prayer. Uh, and, and that's just an example but just try to in every interaction in your life to have speech that becometh godliness and you know the proverbs 31 obviously is a big passage on my heart personally because it's just of the ministry that god has called me to in this no higher calling and looking well to the ways of our household in order to be this virtuous woman who looks well to the way of her household you also have to be careful about your tongue you have to use it for wisdom and for kindness. You know, if you are using your tongue in these sinful ways, you're not looking well to the ways of your household. You're not stewarding well what God has given you. You're not um, edifying the believers. You're not um, bringing glory to Christ. So I think this is an area that we all need to just take a spiritual inventory and ask God to show us what's really in our hearts and what is coming out of our mouths that, you know, (laughs) that James says that we need to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Maybe just make that your prayer for today, for this week. God, let me be swift to hear others and what I'm saying and slow to speak and, and Use that opportunity to do inventory of your own heart and your own life and then to ask the Holy Spirit, how do I need to change? In what areas do I need to be intentional about asking for forgiveness and having your heart and your words transformed so that you can become more like Christ? Let's close this episode in prayer. Father, I thank you that you have entrusted a weak and sinful people with something as powerful as a tongue. Lord, I, I thank you that when used for righteousness, for for godliness, for edification, that we can have such power to influence those around us for you, Lord. But also, I just pray that you will help us to set a watch before our mouths, that you will just illuminate in our hearts areas where we are struggling, where we are weak in this. and. Lord help us to submit that and to be willing to make the change willing to make the transformation it's not easy it requires work it requires diligence it requires um our, our minds being very engaged with things that we say but I pray that we will do the due diligence to to set a watch to ask the Holy Spirit to enable us to use our words for Christ and that we will be able to see the positive power that you have given us through communication and through speech, Lord. I pray that even this day that we will use our words to bring you much glory and much honor. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at No nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to follow more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.